0: The so the office is empo- the the office of congressional ethics is empowered uh, to investigate allegations of impropriety, and um, the Republicans were trying to um, they were basically trying to give the power back to Congress itself and the committees within Congress, so that if there are an investigation uh, a committee would have the ability to um, throw out an investigation and it would also take the um, rights of the OCE um, who currently can publicize information about investigations. They wanted to take that right away. So basically bringing in any sort of uh, corruption allegations into the very halls and meetings of people who are being investigated for corruption. So that's the Republicans, folks. That's the Republican Party. Um, There was a huge outcry, um, and so they ended up not passing that and and voting on it the next day. Uh, But uh, that just kind of shows you um, the point where we are. I know I didn't really articulate it very well, but I apologize for that. But that kind of shows you where we are in American politics these days, um, where uh, the representatives uh, who are supposed to (laughs) represent uh, the interests of the people um, are just trying to cover their tracks of corruption because they're obviously very deep. Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine. And uh, coming up next is the Common Thread Collective. So just remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, inspiration is contagious. Peace and thank you. And happy new year.
1: Nuevo cuando encuentren que eran huellas
0: del
1: olvido. Y vuelves a tu rincón sin saber. Dirección sin saber que hay algo más y algún día tendrás que volar y algún día tendrás que volar Huellas del olvido Martina, yo te quiero aunque apenas te conozco Solo sé de ti por fotos, pero sé que ese día llegará Supongo que el día que logre tenerte muy cerca Si mi vida no ha cambiado, será vuelta a empezar Porque luego lo echaré todo a rodar Te quiero, aunque sabes que no es por tu dinero, no. Y si quieres te demuestro, yo me subo al un avión y me tiro de cabeza por ti. No sé qué haremos, decírselo a quién, no sé si está mal o bien. Martina... Yo te escribo esta canción porque lo siento, porque nadie ha dibujado ese momento. Y si hay alguien esperando me eres tú. Y si hay alguien esperando me eres tú. Y si hay alguien esperando me eres tú. ¿Qué haremos? Decírselo a quién No sé si está mal o bien Te quiero Si te veo a lo mejor No me atrevo Pues siempre controlado En el misterio de hablar Simplemente ese día llegará Simplemente ese día llegará Supongo Que al momento Llegará desesperado No será tarde para ti, Abre el regalo Cuando veas, cuando escuches mi canción Cuando escuches, cuando cante mi canción Cuando escuches, cuando cante mi canción si lo hubiera vivido la calavera de tus huesos soy parte de tu cuerpo soy casi tu dueño guardas sentimientos guardas tantas emociones deja que tuya por favor estás que no atiendes a razones, si puedo pinto tu color y te diré que no hay motivo ninguno y te hablaré muy despacito al oído. del olvido, Para mí todo esto es como si lo hubiera vivido, la calavera de tus huesos soy parte de tu cuerpo, soy casi tu dueño, sufres de más y no te dejan vivir los celos Tiempo sin razón, los días son de miel, un regalo de los cielos, lejos quedó ese nubarrón, cada vez que he estado lejos del viento, fue sin Pa' mí todo esto es como si lo hubiera vivido La calavera de tus huesos Soy parte de tu cuerpo, casi tu dueño Soy como el ángel del olvido Pa' mí todo esto es como si lo hubiera vivido La calavera de tus huesos Soy parte de tu cuerpo, casi tu dueño A reinventarme una vez más Puede que este año tire la toalla y enraíce mi portal Brother, que a mí me da igual Solo necesito mi guitarra para volar el largo una vez más Sigo persiguiendo la llamada libertad Me encanta y me fascina Es mística y divina Puede que esté en Bulgaria Puede que esté en Nepal vez vivida en Cristiania Cuál sur de Portugal guarda tus plegarias ya. Soy libre ya, contento al final. Uno de septiembre me hace pensar qué camino voy a tomar. Otra vez las dudas saltan a mi buda a reinventarme una vez más. Puede que este año tire la toalla y enraíce mi portal. Tal vez me convierta en uno más, peleando por lo que hay o lo que no hay. Decías que no había nada que todo. Siento que ahora está soplando, pues no mover
0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective on Mutiny MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. That was a little music from our friend Santi Anjou, who's a, a Spaniard, um, but he's a he's a mission um, local musician who plays around town and the Revolution Cafe and you might see him busking at a BART station. So go on up and say hi, Santi. I heard you on Mutiny Radio. Uh, he was kind kind enough to give us his CD a few weeks ago. And that's what we do here at Mutiny Radio. We try to support our local musicians and artists and uh, give everybody a platform for free speech, free expression. Um, and uh, and that's what we do here. It's really good to be here. Uh, Diamond Dave is usually here with me. He had to go in and get Um, he had a kind of a last minute appointment that got scheduled that he couldn't miss, but he he may be giving us a call in in a little while. He may even make it back in time to finish up the show. So thanks for tuning in and uh, listening. And being a part of it. And remember, um, this is an open mic. So if you want to come down and be a part of it, we're at the corner of 21st and Florida streets, 2781 21st Street in San Francisco, right here in the Mission District. We're just a just a block away from Bryant, two blocks in from Harrison. And uh, you're welcome anytime. So we got a, a, our first guest of the day, um, a friend who's who's come through many times in the past to kind of give us a, a socio-political critique of things going on in the city, and I'm talking about Josh Wolf. Hey, Josh.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome back. Thank you
0: been uh, a few months or a couple months since you were in here before. I know uh, in the last election season, which seems like forever ago, but it really wasn't that long ago, uh, you were kind of working with Francisco Herrera.
2: Yeah, that was actually a season and a half ago, I guess you could say. Our last election was the board of supervisors. Uh, There was a big push to try to secure, maintain that progressive majority. We did not win that fight. Um, however, it is looking like there's enough of a progressive energy still in the air that we may still win some of the the battles that the progressives would be on their side. But right now at City Hall, we are outnumbered and outgunned. Um, But that's a position we've been in in the past and a position we're pretty comfortable being in. So I think we'll still be able to make some positive change in the term ahead. But... About a year ago, I was helping Francisco Herrera to, to get elected mayor as part of the uh, Vote 321 to uh, kick out Ed Lee right. movement. Right. That was Francisco Herrera, Amy, um, Amy Weiss, Weiss yeah. and Broke-Ass Stewart. And, of course, Ed Lee is still the mayor, but it was a, a gallant effort and an exciting time to be a part of something. And I think that we need to maintain those sort of protest movement campaigns to hold the people in power in check, even when the more dominant progressive politicians aren't willing to step up and fight.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I've been kind of following what Amy Fairweiss has been doing ever since then, because we did have the one, two, three campaign uh, forum of the candidates here at Mutiny Radio, um, during that election season, no, November 2015, and um, and one of the things that Amy came up with was the St. Francis Homelessness Challenge, and since then she's really run with it, and sh- and she's been working on a project called Box City, and they have um they they do like a out, outreach to direct um well direct working with some of the homeless encampments here in San Francisco. There's some down kind of the Fitzgerald Hill area um, that she's been doing a lot of work with. So it's interesting to see where candidates who don't get elected uh, refocus their efforts.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think box city is actually the camp that's over on seventh street. Okay. And they're known as box city because they've elected to sort of use improvised structure techniques in lieu of tents. Um, and I'm not sure whether box city existed Prior to Amy getting involved, or Amy was able to sort of bring people together around that, but she's been working closely with the residents of Box City. I know they've been able to put out a um, uh, porta potty. It was like a yeah. restroom, but that's not quite right. They're, they've been <laughs> able to put out a porta potty. And there's been some energy to, to uh, fundraise, or maybe they actually have the funds to put a generator out there. So the residents, um, while they, you know, are still short of many of the luxuries that you and I have each day, are moving closer to the direction of having some of the, you know, modern conveniences that we all expect, like a place to safely, cleanly uh, use the restroom. And power to, you know, charge your cell phone or something like that.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really good thing to remember, you know, that there's a lot of people who are homeless in San Francisco who were previously residents, tenants, had had a place to live, had shelter, um, but uh, due to... Many many factors, but uh, rising uh, rent prices, evictions, um, and and all of uh, and the like. Um, if we have a lot of people who are homeless in San Francisco, but still working in San Francisco and still trying to. If they're not working, they're trying to get jobs and services. And you need a phone, right? You need
2: you you it, absolutely need a phone. And I mean, I think most of us in the city, except with the exception of the super wealthy or those that have like a parent that can step in if something goes wrong we're a paycheck away from being homeless so just losing your job unemployment doesn't pay enough to cover rent even if you're making enough like I think the maximum is like 800 a month or something which is way less than any rent in San Francisco so you know one month out without income if you don't have some other sort of source of support people are paying more rent than they can cover to sort of generate that cushion of savings. So, so many of us are vulnerable. Uh, Evictions continue to, to plague the city and those that don't have the benefit of rent control are, if they do get an Ellis Act eviction or something like that, are faced with a question of, do I stay homeless in the city I love or do I go to the city that I fear or the town that I can't stand.
0: Right. And actually you were experiencing some, well, there were some, some question marks about your living situation several months ago where a kind of known, uh, snakish, um, real estate, um, not developer, but a, someone who, who, uh, buys up a lot of properties, um, and then converts them into these new market rate spots, ha- was was going to buy the building you live in.
2: Yeah, so I will not refer to him as snake given that I depend on him not kicking me out of my house, as he now owns the building I live in. Okay. Uh, but he has, uh, in the past, engaged in a business practice that involves purchasing buildings, kicking out the tenants, fixing it up, and selling them as condos. There's been at least two or three cases in the past, and so I'm currently vulnerable to that. He's in the process of fixing it up right now. Where They sanded all the front of the, the um, my building. Presumably they're going to paint it, but with like 14 days of rain around the corner, who knows how long that's going to happen. Yeah. And in the meantime, I've got this weird plastic where a window should be, and so everything's a little bit... Fuzzy. It's kind of like like a, a bathroom window, you know, so that you can't look through. So that's a little bit um, annoying. But more difficult to deal with is that uncertainty. So I do not have housing security necessarily, although very few of us do. It. It wasn't until I sort of lived through this process that I realized how home ownership really is the only way to ensure that you won't be suddenly evicted and i like many of the listeners can't afford to to take advantage of home ownership whether we're talking san francisco or even detroit probably so um it's a precarious position that many of us are electing to be in but that leaves very little safety nets and one of the safety nets that was provided by the city, I don't know who was eligible for it, was this homeless prevention fund that would cover your a small amount of your rent to keep you from being homeless, and that was just recently cut by the mayor. So, you know, we're in this situation that's precarious and growing more precarious, and in something like two weeks, we're in this entirely new federal context where perhaps uh, as San Francisco's a sanctuary city, it could lose all of its federal funding. At least, I think that's what he tweeted. It, it, it's hard to keep up with what <laughs> what the president elect has tweeted. Um, there was like thirty tweets this morning. Uh,
0: he obviously a very busy man with all that tweeting.
2: You, you gotta you gotta keep the people informed with your random mental whatever we're gonna call those tweets
0: outbursts. <laughs>
2: that's a charitable. Um,
0: Well, it's true. And it's interesting the way that you were describing uh, your building right now with this kind of plastic over the window. So everything's just kind of fuzzy. I kind of feel like we're, that's kind of a good metaphor for kind of where we are. We're kind of looking at trying, trying to seek, see to the other side. And uh, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of uh, blurred lines. You know, there's a lot of threats, but also um, on the other side, of of these threats, um, you know, the possibility that none of it will come to fruition or won't be legally applicable. Um, and, uh, we're kind of in this, I don't know, I kind of feel like we're in a little bit of a holding pattern right now, but I also think that people are very activated right now to, um, continue to support San Francisco as a sanctuary city, for example, um, and stand up for the rights that have been hard fought and won uh, around the nation um, that seem to be threatened by this new administration coming in.
2: I mean, we're absolutely activated. California on the whole seems to be like the battleground for resistance to this new American fascist existence that we call Donald Trump. But, uh, and San Francisco in particular has been filled with with anxious energy to try to do what we can to stop it I mean after after the war uh, after the war broke out sorry going back 12 years sorry <laughs> yeah. moving forward again um, <laughs> after the election um, there was a handful of cities that seemed to have this, almost perpetual protest every day in the streets, San Francisco and Oakland sort of being twin cities that, that continue to perpetual protest, Portland,
0: Portland, Oregon, another huge one. Amazing.
2: Um, but it's hard resistance to something that hasn't yet happened is tricky. Um, I find myself constantly questioning whether we just elected the next Ronald Reagan or the next Adolf Hitler and there's plenty of evidence to support both theses. And until he's in office, we're not really going to know. And as was the case with Adolf Hitler, like it took a while to really contemplate and understand what Germany had just embarked upon. And I don't think we're necessarily going to have instant clarity as to what the future of our country looks like under this administration.
0: Yeah. the I guess the only kind of signals we're having, other than what we can imagine he has in mind. Um, but the fact that he has started to nominate his cabinet, and everyone on in this cabinet is just, just one, you know, foul example after the other, of people who have been in direct uh, you know opposition to the democratic process um, you know Rex Tillerson who uh, is slated to be the the Secretary of State you know he's the president of uh, ExxonMobil has been making deals with Russia for for drilling and uh, but has been thwarted by the State Department itself who are saying you can't you can't make these you can't do that. You can't, you can't make this type of negotiations um, with Russia, with this, with this foreign government. So he was kind of, you know, Mau Mao and, and had to back off of some of the plans that he had constructed. And now he is, you know, been named to head the state department. So um, whereas we, we will no longer refer to your uh, landlord as snakish. Uh, a lot of these folks that Trump has been nom- putting forward as nominations seem like really pretty kind of dangerous snakes in the grass.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was sort of a a running joke that everyone in the cabinet has made, or everyone in the uh, nominated cabinet, because the Democrats still have one last stand, maybe. Uh, But everyone that he's chosen basically has a history of destroying the institution that that they've been tasked to, to run. Um, I heard someone tell me that the only more environmentally dangerous candidate to lead the EPA than who was chosen would be one of those old school ozone-killing aerosol cans. (laughs) Um, Betsy DeVos, I think is her name, who's heading up the Department of Education. Education. She's like a pro-voucher. Defund the public schools is her mantra. like. Right, the person in charge of public education wants to destroy it. Uh, like twenty five years ago, Grover Norquist, in re- reference to the California government, said that government is too big until he can drown it in a bathtub. And Donald Trump seems to be taking a similar approach of basically drowning our government or murdering each admitted each
0: department, each
2: government department, each um, administration into. This this decrepit, useless hmm. thing that's sort of apparatus that hangs about. Um, Which there's is
0: kind of kind of a different uh, angle to take on the whole drain the swamp, whereas he hasn't been, uh, you know, necessarily kicking out uh, these uh, industry insiders, but rather bringing them in. But but in a sense, like you're saying, kind of drowning it out, right? Kind of making putting the heads into these departments who have shown no interest in public or public interest in, in, um, in preserving them.
2: Oh, well, but they, it's not like they're neutral, like saying they've shown no public interest in preserving them makes it sound like you randomly picked me to like head small business administration where I'd be like, I don't know. And in fact, that might be the best of his cabinet is the WWE wrestler lady being in charge of the small business administration. That's, that's how bad it is that that's the one that you go, "Oh, wrestling." Okay, I can kind of not stand against that.
0: <laughs> that one I did not know. I did not not hear about it that one. It just
2: gets better and better. I think there's five generals that he's tapped at this point. Yeah. And the average number of generals in an executive administration in non-dictatorial non- dictatorial countries, I think is like 0.6 these days. Mm-hmm. So he's like eight times what the average number of generals that one should have in their civil administration. Uh, so I don't know whether he's like gearing up for a coup and whether he wants to be like the head of the coup. Like I don't think we've ever had a head of state lead a coup against his own country, but he's certainly prepared for that. If we ignore the generals and just look at the, the way that he's you know, prepared all of our departments that are supposed to protect the American way of life. The, the sort of old school anarchist to me is reminded of the, 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 the saying, build the community, smash the state. And he's certainly doing nothing to build the community. That's our job, but he may actually be tearing our government down piece by piece. And like, that's something that some of us have called for, we never anticipated it coming this way and certainly none no one's in favor of his approach to it but you know for too long the other side has seized cataclysmic uh situations to seize power and opportunity and you know move forward with their agenda we saw with 9-11 and i think that this potentially is our opportunity that as the social governmental framework is ripped apart as all of the safety nets are destroyed, that if we can actually build the community, perhaps we can, if not fight this, build the alternative, build the way of life that supports each other and is empathic because we're moving into a governmental age of like anti-empathy. I I think that might be antipathy. Um, And it's scary. There's a, a slogan that I've started to see come up, which is kindness is everything. Hmm. And I really like that as sort of a battle cry against where we're headed because kindness is not in Donald Trump's vocabulary.
0: Yeah. And I thank you for bringing that up because, you know, I'm obviously here in the common thread. We try to keep things positive as we look at all this craziness going on around us. Um, but I agree. I mean, things don't happen overnight. And with this kind of tearing apart uh kind of the fabric of of these various departments of government, um, these bureaus of, of uh, the you know, the interior, the environment, the <laughs> the education, department of education, you name it. Um, you know, there's if they're gonna be torn if they're gonna be torn up and, and gutted and and rendered, you know, either useless or, or just you know, dysfunctional, then there needs to be something there to fill that vacuum. And if, when that vacuum comes and as community, um, I think we, we are well positioned to, to build uh, movements, to build systems, uh, to show what can be um, an alternative. So we'll see. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't like that he was elected, but I'm also, Um, it it also kind of is a, there's a positive from it because we see that if Hillary had been, you know, given the election with, by the electoral college or actually won enough in each state to do so, uh, independently, um, that a lot of people would just gone right back to sleep. And I think that right now people are wide awake. And I think that's the positive that we can take from going forward.
2: I, I I have a hard time seeing that as a positive. Like, it could be. But going back to what I was saying earlier, did we just elect Reagan or did we just, just elect,
0: elect Hitler? Hitler? Yes. And oh, like, yeah.
2: To whatever, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't around when Carter was pushed out and Reagan was brought in. Like, maybe there was a backlash and people were awakened i don't really get too much of a sense of that it is a different time admittedly right now Mm -hmm. um but being awake to 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 putting a dictator such as hitler or mussolini or stalin or any of these people like what good is it to be awoke if you're just Opening your eyes to the apocalypse and there's nothing you can do about it.
0: It does kind of. It is rather nightmarish, for sure. It's not. It's not a nice dream. Um, but I just feel like it, that people really would have just gone, kind of gone back to sleep. I mean, our the the U.S. government has just been, even I mean, under the Obama administration. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, I love Obama." It's like you know what, I I I. I appreciate Obama, um, for many things, but like in terms of foreign policy and, and some of the horrendous, uh, acts that he has signed into law, you know, just kind of the business as usual is something that I think a lot of people kind of fade over and like, don't necessarily look at the bad stuff. And so they're thinking, okay, well, you know, Hillary's going to get in there and, and, just kinda kinda be like Obama in a sense and then everything's gonna be okay. But in in truth, nothing it wasn't really okay before. But now we have this ugliness coming in that nobody I mean, we don't want it. And so it's it's that's definitely not a positive. But I but I do see that because it's so stark against what has been that folks who have been against Trump since the beginning are saying, well, we can't let this get out of control. And I think that's kind of where the activism is going to kind of come in. I don't know. I
2: mean, there's, there's certainly that. There's the people that voted for him and are now unsure. Like, there's been reports about all of the coal miners. Like, they voted for Trump because Trump said, we're going to bring clean coal. We're going to get you your jobs back. And like when you can't figure out how to put food on the table to feed your family and someone is promising to put you back to work, it's really hard to vote against them. Uh, But now they're they're wondering whether or not they just signed their own death warrants. Um, In fact, at the whole Thanksgiving dinner table, you know, who voted for Trump, who voted for Clinton, you know, always comes up and came in my family. And my cousin was actually like, well, I voted for him. I just hope he doesn't kill us all.
0: (laughs) Well, that's, that's an interesting concession. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, let's we'll keep up the vigilance, we'll say. Indeed. So you had kind of, and thanks for coming down today. Um, You know, it's always good to have your perspective and, um, but you had kind of an interesting interaction on the way over to the uh, station today.
2: Yeah, I mean, actually, it was it was earlier this morning, and I was out for a walk getting coffee and something to eat for breakfast. And there was a, a man with a sign that said, pray for a Google job and a home. And I've never seen a sign quite like that. He actually noticed that my shoes were untied and said, your shoes are untied. And I thanked him and looked over and saw saw his sign. And he said, can you come here and talk to me for a minute? And I said, sure. And, you know, why do you want to work at Google was my first question. And his answer was something along the lines of, I feel like they're a good company that's changing the world. He then explained that we live in the most exciting times. Um, Now I jumped to Trump in my head and he seemed to be more focused on sort of the technological advancements. Uh, And he immediately followed up with like, it's complicated, but it's amazing. And I can't argue with that. And so I started talking to him. Obviously I'm in no position to, to offer him a job at Google or anywhere else for that matter. Um, But like, I didn't think that, 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 that just, putting it in my prayers that he'd get hired at Google and, and find a home was 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 necessarily all that I could do. And so I racked my brain in terms of what, what can I do. And so I, I asked him if he'd like to, to participate in a little interview. So I pulled out my phone and, and shot some video asking him why he wants to work for Google. And I thought perhaps anyone who's, who's listening out here in a position to hire someone who's clearly intelligent, has a, a well thought out Idea of, of how the world works, and 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 seems like he'd have a solid work ethic. That maybe you, uh, the listener, has a place to, to hire this person. So we're gonna go ahead and play the interview, and um, then we'll talk about it.
3: All right. My real name is Kevin Smith, and uh, I want to be considered for employment in your company.
2: In what company?
3: Uh, Google, but. Really, my options are open. And what are you hoping to do for a company? I, I don't know specifically, but I do know that I have a very keen interest in helping to create a unified intelligence. And I'm willing to do just about anything to that end and learn anything. Uh, there's really nothing stopping me.
2: And what past experience or skills do you have to contribute to a company that might hire you?
3: Um, I would think, or I would say that the, probably the most, probably the most um, essential skill that I've acquired over time is my ability to, like, reason, um, use computers, I mean, honestly, like I've been, I've been, I've been living outside for so long, and um, I've been, uh, I've been uh, living a very, very minimalist way of life for so long that to like name skills is, uh, it's kind of like an odd question for me because I don't, I don't have any like certifications or anything like that, Um, but I do have. A wide variety of skills I've, I've done so many things uh, and I know I could do more I know that my brain is without limits so that is that is that is what I my what my answer was to that
2: question and if people want to reach out to give you an opportunity how can they get a hold of you uh, my email address is k-e-v-a-n
3: m-s s1 at gmail.com.
2: All right. Well, thanks so much.
3: Thank you.
0: That was a pretty cool man on the street interview you conducted there. Thanks. You know, it is interesting to hear somebody, you know, talk about, because you asked him, you know, that the question, of course, if you want to get a job, what are your skills? Um, you know, in the in the school of life, <laughs> if, if you're not, if you don't have steady employment, if you have skills or, or experiences that are kind of outside the mainstream. I think, I do find it hard to kind of articulate, um, you know, it's something that he'll, I think he'll probably be thinking a little bit more about, but how do you actually articulate, um, you know, the, the, the wisdom, the, the skills, the, um, the temperament and things that, that you've acquired just through your, you know, general everyday life experiences. Um, But he certainly had, uh, seemed to have a a clear and lucid mind for, um, his situation and what he, what he would, uh, prefer to be getting out of life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've never actually stopped someone on the street and sort of conducted a mock job interview on camera to, to try to hook them up with a position and, uh, just in case you uh, didn't get his email address down, I believe it's K-E-V-A-N-M-S-1 at gmail.com. So if you're looking to, to hire our friend here, it's K-E-V-A-N-M-S-1 at gmail.com. Hopefully you'll be able to, to offer him uh, some help. But that question, like, what are your skills? Uh, what can you contribute to a job particularly without knowing what the job is, is such an interview question. Like we are, uh, those of us that have sort of gone through the traditional education and job world have been trained to, to think of our skills in this weird way to be like, oh, well, I type 65 words per minute and I know how to Google to find things on the internet and yada, yada, yada. Like we've, we've learned how to like differentiate what we do from how we market what we do. And some of us are better than others, but someone who hasn't been posed that question in, I, I believe he said he's been 15 years on the street, someone that hasn't had to sort of think in those terms, it, it's its not a fair question. And in fact, any time we're dealing with finding jobs for those that have been out of work and, and in sort of non-traditional capacity, Um, for an extended period of time, I think we need to sort of reframe how we conduct our hiring. Um, Because if you asked him, like, how would you go about this, that, or the other thing that's a, a skill that's required at the job, I imagine he would have had no difficulty answering. But when asked to, like, give me a PowerPoint on what you're good at, he's like, I don't know, I'm good at thinking. Like, I don't understand the question. And I think that's legitimate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and um, it's a good conversation to be having because there are so many folks, especially in our, in our community here in the mission and artist community who have so, so many different experiences, job experiences, life experiences, travel experiences that you know, when they say, well, you know, what kind of experience do you have? And you're like, well, where do you want me to start? You know, <laughs> do you want me to tell you about my radio shows? You probably don't want that. If, you probably don't care about that if I'm, you know, applying to be an administrator. You know, it's like, well, let me, I really, there's things I could talk about that are interesting, but they're probably not relevant to this job interview in particular. You know, so I think it'd be, I th- I, th- I think it'd be interesting to, to have kind of like an alternative uh, job skills workshop or something. Um, because, uh, I know personally that I, I kind of hate those general job interview questions and I've been working since I was 17. So it's, uh, it's always kind of, um, you know, kind of a question. It's like, okay, which, which, what angle am I going to take here so that I sound professional and I sound like I know what I'm talking about and I sound like I know what what uh job I'm applying for. It's it's tricky. It's a it's a skill set that um people really have to work on.
2: Absolutely and it, it didn't really occur to me how much that was until like reflecting upon his answer cuz I I just sort of went into the like well what 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 would a potential employer ask him and like Well, what do you want to do was the first question. He's like, well, I just want to work on something about unified intelligence. And it's like, great. What would you like to do with unified? And I don't know. Well, that's understandable because like this technology is changing at this frantic pace and it's hard to keep up with. And like you don't have the luxury of like being able to just sit on the Internet for however ungodly many of hours a day I spend just seeing what's happening in the world. Um. But what the questions to ask to really like distill those answers from him, particularly when there isn't a clearly defined job, was a challenge that I just could not figure out how to to handle on the spur of the moment while interviewing him. Um, But I do think that the the way that he cut through the questions, no matter how less than familiar he was with the subject matter, still speaks to uh, his proficiency as a potential employee.
0: Nice. Well, we hope that we wish Kevin well. Let's give him his email address again.
2: Yeah, and uh, just, he, he goes by Moon right now, actually, but I guess Kevin's his birth name, and it's uh, K-E-V-A-N-M-S-1 at gmail.com. And if that bounces, try K-E-V-A-M as in man, because I'm not 100% sure whether it was Kevin or Kevum, mm-hmm. but I do believe it's Kevin, so K E V A N ms1 at gmail.com
0: awesome well josh you're certainly uh um um, thank you for being man on the street (laughs) and conducting that interview on the spot you know and i think just just even giving him the opportunity to do that is uh and and not just you know ignoring his sign or ignoring his comment that your shoes were untied as so many people may just keep walking by um you know, I appreciate your engagement. And, uh, I think that's a, a, a good thing to take away from, you know, from, from this interaction here is, you know, stay engaged and don't be afraid of other people. And just because, uh, they're in a different life situation than you doesn't mean you can't have a constructive and interesting interaction, conversation, and, uh, learn something new about, uh, about folks and maybe even help them out
2: yeah absolutely I think that and thank you so much, but I, I think that like taking the time to understand the people that we encounter to really hone our empathy and to to keep in mind as we move towards a, a world where we're going to be more and more deeply divided both politically and probably culturally and in other ways as well is that like we're all still human beings that have more in common than we have different. Um, and as the battle lines are drawn, we're going to tend to forget that. Uh, we're going to see the enemy as the enemy and not as another human being, because that's the only way that global powers are able to actually get people to engage in such horrific atrocities, is that if the enemy is not a human being, then you can kill them and not feel the consequences but if you can acknowledge that they are just as human as you are then the difficulty in in dealing with mortal combat becomes so much more intense and maybe it's not going to be a literal battleground but those same ideologies those same philosophies are going to permeate our communications our media landscape as well and empathy is resistance
0: Nice. I like that. And I want to add to that that uh, human rights are are cultural benefit, social benefit. Um, And uh, thank you for being part of the Common Thread.
2: Thank you for having me. I look forward to... Speaking again, and hopefully uh, Diamond Dave will be with us the next time I'm here.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. He, he was kind of bummed to have to go to this uh, last-minute appointment. But a uh, quick question. I don't know if you know anything about it or what your plans are about some of the um, some of the actions uh, surrounding the inauguration. The January 20th is the day of the inauguration. January 21st is supposed to be the Women's March on Washington. Um, but symbolically, at least uh, going around the country, a lot of people are going to be... Um, kind of standing up protesting organizing and such uh, do you have any plans insights or information about any events
2: well I uh, I was kind of hoping to, to actually get to DC and if uh, someone wants to randomly send a plane ticket my way I'm happy to go and report on it but I don't think that's going to happen at this point so there's actions happening in Sacramento Oakland as well as San Francisco there may be protests in, in some of our other Bay Area communities as well, but those are going to be the big ones, I imagine. Um, I will probably be either in San Francisco or or Oakland. If I felt like the battlegrounds were really more in our state capital, I'd be more inclined to come to Sacramento, but we've got a rich history of some pretty amazing protests in, in both Oakland and San Francisco, and I think that it's convenient. It's not an hour and a half away. And should you get arrested, it's a lot easier to to get bailed out from your hometown than finding people to pick you up far away.
0: That's a good point. And I also want to invite you and anybody you run into um, here at Mutiny Radio on Saturday, January 21st. We're having a special event from 8 to 10 p.m. I'm going to be hosting it and we're calling it the Anti-Inaugural Poets Ball. So if you'd like to come through or anybody else you know wants to come through, we're going to have an open mic portion. Get out, uh, say your say your piece, your free speech piece, um, and uh, it could be poetry or music. Um, if you have a, a crafted manifesto, hopefully not just a it's not not just a kind of off the cuff uh, soapbox. But hey, you know it's Mutiny Radio, so it kind of it's kind of open. Um, so you're welcome to come through uh, again That's Saturday, January 21st, here at Mutiny Radio, 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, We're at 2781 21st Street, and uh, it's free to attend, um, but we will be, you know, asking for donations if you can do it um, to support both Mutiny Radio here and also the Poems Under the Dome, which is coming up in City Hall in April. Wonderful.
2: I mean, improvised poetry can be powerful. I think the the bigger issue is is keeping people on a a limited how long they get to to take the stage (laughs) and, like, you know you can pre plan and spend 10 years writing this this epic poem that's terrible so
0: that's true it's more about of you know <laughs>
2: keeping things moving than than whether or not they're prepared in my book.
0: You are a smart man, Josh Wolf. Thank you for being part of the show. I know how you feel. <laughs>
2: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, you're welcome back anytime. Great. So, folks, you are listening to the Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio. I'm Global Val, and uh, I'm going to play a little music, and then we'll be back, and we'll have some more live music, perhaps from Bloodflower, and we'll have some poetry from Richard and... And anybody else who's out there and I can't see over the bench right now. Um, But away we go. It's the new year, 2017.
1: Cuando no quede nada Soy como el ángel del olvido Pa' mí todo esto es como si lo hubiera vivido La calavera de tus huesos Soy parte de tu cuerpo, soy casi tu dueño guardas tantas emociones, deja que intuya por favor, tan confundida estás que no atiendes a razones. Despacito al oído, soy como el ángel del olvido. Para mí todo esto es como si lo hubiera vivido. La calavera de tus huesos, soy parte de tu cuerpo, soy casi tu dueño. Sufres de más y no te. Te dejan vivir los celos Y paras el tiempo sin razón Los días son de miel Un regalo de los cielos Lejos quedo ese nubarrón Cada vez que he estado lejos del viento Fue sin ti, sí, pero no me arrepiento Soy como el ángel del olvido Para mí todo esto es como si lo hubiera vivido La calavera de tus huesos Soy parte de tu cuerpo, casi tu dueño El ángel del olvido Pa' mí todo esto es como si lo hubiera vivido
4: La calavera
1: de tus huesos Soy parte de tu cuerpo Casi tu dueño A reinventarme una vez más Solo necesito mi guitarra para volar Me largo una vez más Sigo persiguiendo la llamada libertad Me encanta y me fascina Es mística y divina Puede que esté en Bulgaria Puede que esté en Nepal Tan vivida en Cristianía Cual sur de Portugal, guarda tus plegarias ya. Soy libre ya, contento al final. El 1 de septiembre me hace pensar que camino voy a tomar. Otra vez las dudas, saltar a mi Buda, reinventarme una vez más. Puede que este año tire la toalla y el raíz de mi portal. Me convierta en uno más Peleando por lo que hay O lo que no hay Decías que no había nada que tú está soplando puede no mover después de mucho tiempo rando mares de envidia dejé mi vela recoger aires de ti no sé dónde está el punto perdido tal vez es que el mundo se ha movido y no sé volver al sitio donde estuve no sé Pues que el tiempo se ha movido ¿Dónde fue? ¿Dónde yo perdí el olvido? ¿Antes que un sol? No sé porque el tiempo es tan jodido? Tal vez Haya perdido rumbo fijo No sé dónde estoy No sé dónde voy No sé qué pasa primero No sé Pues que el tiempo se ha movido
0: all right this is the common thread collective here on mutiny we are an open mic community show and we're always happy when folks show up to uh, play music read poetry share activism stories projects what have you come down and join us some friday between three and six and as you hear warming up out there is our friend blood flower take it away my friend bloodflower thank you thank you and uh bloodflower we're kind of talking about uh, another installation of cassie dot um coming up in february sometime probably at adobe books but uh date to be announced that's
5: the place to be
0: <laughs> for
5: the spoken word nowadays adobe books
0: Nice. And uh, Richard will be in in a few minutes. He he was telling me that Kim Shuck's uh, Gears Turning Poetry has moved from Modern Times Books, which closed, and they're moving over to Adobe Books. So that'll be on Sunday, starting at four o'clock. Uh, and it's the new year. So Kim Shuck has also been nominated for Poet Laureate of San Francisco. Uh, it's, soon to be announced uh, who will be the next Poet Laureate of our f- fine city and uh, whoever that may be will be inviting them to read the first poem at Poems Under the Dome which happens every April inside City Hall April is National Poetry Month and so uh, this year we're having I believe it's the 12th annual Poems Under the Dome it's going to be Thursday April 27th 5:30 p.m. And it's going to be a good time, as usual, uh, with free sp- poetic speech inside City Hall, that beautiful uh, bows Out uh, building here in San Francisco. So thank you. Uh, thanks for all that information. And thanks for the music, Bloodflower. And right now we've got uh, Max, who's come back. Welcome back, Max. Hello. And uh, you have a design of a an all-organic garden tower that you've developed and been developing for the past couple years and they you have already made many of them and they're in different parts of San Francisco and you have some some new plans and some new ideas for how to uh, continue this organic uh, garden tower model
6: so finally I have resolved <clears throat> totally uh, organic concept so I'm using burlap bags uh, and uh, um, stuccoed with adobe so the adobe uh, protects uh, gives strength to the, the adobe mixed with burlap uh, is a perfect nut is a perfect wall around around the burlap bag nice and then outside we seal it off so the roots are not touching anymore so we have a total total organic um, gather tower <coughs> very inexpensive and just i um, um, presenting it to start here in San Francisco at the place for our dear David. Uh, his garden just bring a, a group of volunteers and we build them up there, a dozen of garden towers. And even a few of them, we can cover them with some uh, <laughs> solar greenhouses.
0: Yeah. So, so I like the idea. I like the, the concept of this, the all organic, there's no plastic, there's no metal in these garden towers. So you can, uh, with the burlap and the adobe, you can kind of make them the shape that you want. And so up going up the tower, you can have different openings where different, um, Plants can be planted.
6: I I, I have my pockets all around. Pockets. Uh, One one garden tower had about 20 pockets. So there are 20 plus on the top five more. So you have 25 plants in one small space. And the pockets are made with the spokes from the bikes. So the bike, it's a total recycling. You find it in the garbage. With the spokes, you bind them, yeah. and then put together with two half bamboos. So there they are in the middle Then that they make my pockets. Yeah. So very simple, and I'm very pleased that we could uh, do this first workshop. I call it the workshop because I need stewards. I need volunteers and people that believe in something organic, and something, do it in your backyard. I can do it myself. That everybody with a little bit of a green thumb, not a green thumb only, but to be a uh, half handyman. Yeah. Well, he can do it, it is easy stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm building it up, I'm trying to build up uh, the, the the concept to teach it in the high school for Waldorf.
0: Yeah, Waldorf the, schools. That they, that kids love that.
6: Learn how to make it, but it should not be the privileged Waldorf kids that should learn it, but everybody. So to build up workshops, and this had to spread out.
0: Do you have any? Um any plans for upcoming workshops, or you're just trying to make well, plans?
6: I, I'm making. I I spoke yesterday. I have sent some some reports to to uh, Diamond. Uh, some months ago, we spoke about it, and, and it was okay, well, but I'm taking it serious now. That we will build up our first um, workshop. With really new stewards, mm. that they can learn really totally, with the heart, uh, to have organic food. They cannot buy it today from, 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 from whole foods, because uh, <laughs> they can pay for it, but they can right. do it in the backyard. And here is my goal, that we have to be come back to the nature.
0: And when you have a garden tower with 20 or 25 plants in it um, do you keep it in the same place or do you rotate it uh, in to get different Sun or what kind of plants do you grow in your garden towers
6: all kind of vegetables even um, <laughs> even tomato plants uh, just name it no there are there's, 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 there's no limits so the the real <sighs> the real good stuff from from this garden tower is that we have earth there with all the minerals and trace minerals and all the best the cream of the cream we can say Mm -hmm. so no no air pollution no uh, uh, just pure pure healthy earth with all the needed Nutrition that are organic. So, this you're giving to your plants there something that is very healthy for us. Yeah. We give, we give the best of the best.
0: Where do you get your earth? Where do you get that soil? There
6: different, are the different sources that are, that are on the market that, that are okay. I we can make up more or less a formula. That is correct. The earth is so important to make an organic earth. Yeah. Um I I, am, I have to ask almost to call in the Lord, the universe, because it is complicated. I have I've have lived a certain moment in my some years ago I had nurseries in Spain, uh, ornamentals. I like grow just plants. Right. Not eatables. Yes. So I had the best earth on earth, <laughs> because I use certain like osmocote, it's an interchange of ions, mm-hmm. and and it's still today on the market here, but it is not organic.
0: Mmm, interesting. So now,
6: today, is something to do really organic. It is, it is, it is complicated. It is, it is not easy.
0: So, if people want to um, get in contact with you, you want volunteers, you want stewards. How can people contact you? Do you, do you want we'll,
6: to? We will build up uh, a non-profit organization and we will call it the <laughs> OGT, for Organic Garden Tower, Food Revolution.
0: Ah, the, the o- OGT...
6: Organic Garden Tower. Uh-huh, Food Revolution.
0: Food Revolution. Food revolution. Um Nice. So but, for the, we okay. t- for
6: no money, for no money, garden tower with all the products, you spend maximum hundred dollar in the garden tower. Everything included.
0: Yeah, just the nice. just the cost a hundred dollars. You could spend a hundred dollars at the grocery store in ten minutes. But you could, or you and could invest is, in an organic can, garden you tower. Have to
6: it, you have to live with it. Mm-hmm. Because it is, a, there is a worm farm in the middle. So you have to, the leftover from on the kitchen go there. So you make your compost. Right. It's a casting. And this had to go in harmony with your, with your earth. So it is very, very, you have to have, it is a really green tub. You have to love the nature. Yeah. Know? You have from, to... From, from making from nothing, making it again uh, fertile, and, and and it's coming back. When you have a good earth, uh, you have a, a good, a healthy plant, and you have a healthy person. So it's a circle.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then <coughs> I think it's... I mean, the the dedication you're talking about um you know i to some people maybe that sounds like a lot of work like i i don't know i've never grown anything i have a a cactus you know but i i found that i mean i i grew up here in the city you know with a backyard but no food growing or you know maybe some plants but not taking care of them but several years ago um we put a garden in to the backyard And it's very, um, it's almost addicting. Once, after you start working with the plants and the food and the soil, you realize, oh, I'm visiting the garden every day. I'm checking my plants. I'm pulling weeds. I'm, you know, giving the roots more soil if they need to. So if people are listening and they think, oh, this is, this is too much. This is too hard. um, I want to say that it's really not as hard as you might think to if you have this garden tower that takes up a small space, you know, I- near your home, um, all the, all it's easy to, to in be involved.
6: Just open the window and, and you're going to have it in, in, in your balcony. Nice. Incredible. Yeah.
0: I, I, I like to tell people, um, you know, you can have a, a garden uh, in a space as big as your television. So you, can, you can make that choice uh,
6: it is a future, is a future uh, vertical growing and it is the, you're saving up to 70% of water so I don't, don't tell you more the um, well uh, the movement had to grow because it is possible it is really possible um, that we can uh, bring this over to the to the to the universe to our to our world. Uh, that it is easy to do to have to survive. So there is no more need to 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 say oh, but there is a dedication. There is there is a need. There is a gift of love to the nature. If if this isn't there, well, then uh, be better going to another world. No? Hmm.
0: Do you want people to contact you?
6: Yeah, I'm glad to.
0: How can they contact you?
6: Well, I'm building up with, with uh, Dave, uh, the non-profit. Okay. And, and they the, because uh, oh. I I need um, to delegate. Mm-hmm. I need my I need this had to extend. This is something beautiful. And I think uh, Dave has given me, give me his good his good hand. Hey, I I will help you for stewards. So he is my first steward. Oh
0: Diamond Dave. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. Um, so you're you're building that with with Dave right now yeah. and then later other people can can oh, to con-
6: copy. Hey, everybody had to copy this. This is is like a role model.
0: Right, right. Um, Well, look forward to that. The
6: leftover, leftover, uh, uh, Dave will have all the food, what he needs. Mm -hmm. And the leftover will go to his Food Not Bombs organization. For food for the homeless
0: people oh good, yeah, food not bombs, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, so um, when are you going to start this project with Diamond Dave tomorrow? <laughs> I'm open with
6: Dave. Okay. I, I'm on with him. I, I, I will visit him tomorrow. Okay. I hope he is not sick now. Today I saw him yesterday, and, yeah. we, and we had a good conversation. Yeah. No, he's
0: not sick, but he did have a, a an appointment that was last minute. Yeah. A last minute appointment.
6: Well, I, I think he will be surprised mm-hmm. and and charmed, and uh, we can do it because. I have a lot of material already, ready to go. I have three, two, three from the community gardener here. He also had some product ready. Mm-hmm. So we are all collaborating to have him his Garden of Eden.
0: That is beautiful. Well, thank you, Max. And um, um, we look forward to uh, seeing some of the results of this project and maybe more people uh, connecting with you later.
6: Idea, the idea is that copy us. This is, is, is worthwhile. It is, it is winter. You need, you need now your food. Well, do it. Mm-hmm. I have the created uh, 36 years ago. I created in Spain. I uh, had nurseries with, with, with ornamentals. And, yeah. and I created a solar nursery. It was the first solar nursery on the globe in in uh, an acre and a half totally incredible
0: so w- like a so giant
6: experience of solar yes i can give it back now and i'm doing it now here uh, a shelter mm-hmm. uh, it's possible today to have a uh, solar greenhouse and you are protected and off the grid you can grow your uh, heirloom tomatoes the whole year round
0: that I have seen pictures of some of your work, some of the large scale gardens that you tended and created or um, and it, it just be- beautiful, beautiful places. So I, I think that's a great reminder also that you can have a solar greenhouse. Yeah. Put a put a panel on the on the roof of your greenhouse to uh,
6: No, 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 no. So the the the, the greenhouse by itself. Uh, is possible today to paint it with solar paint
0: solar paint so you said translucent
6: uh, solar paint okay so uh, it is it is in the market on certain in certain places mm-hmm. in, in europe and, oh, okay in some other states but we don't have it here on the market in california
0: interesting interesting so not solar panels
6: so we we, we paint the whole structure
0: uh-huh with this special paint so that yeah. when the the sunlight comes in it's trapped inside like kept inside through. it goes through and then st- the heat stays if
6: we lose certain radiation that we need mm-hmm. uh, we have extra grow lamps inside. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and in certain places, like in San Francisco, cl- uh, close to the Presidio, in the summer, we don't see almost the sun. Yeah. <laughs> so we give it artificial sunlight. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is possible today. So there we go.
0: Nice. And the question, next question, can you use solar panels to um, for the... Uh, for the heat lamps inside. Do, do, you, do yeah. you do that too? Yeah.
6: Well, this is, uh, there are many, the, the, the solar um, industry it is still, there's still a lot to go. There's still, there, there are big, yeah still, but but it is there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going in the you right direction. You don't
6: have to go over to oil, and, 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 and like Mr. Trump, there is, well, forget it. Yeah. You have to go to new newer technologies, and, and solar is one of the good ones.
0: Excellent. Well, I, I thank you for sharing some of the pictures. Um, Of your garden towers. I know Diamond Dave asked me if I could put those pictures on our Facebook page, if that's okay with you. Perfect. Um, So I'll post that on our Common Thread Collective Facebook page and give people a a visual idea of what we're talking about. And like you said, so that we can copy it, but using, I mean, your expertise um, to get started on these projects.
6: With the next um, workshop with Dave You will have
0: new new things for your program. Nice. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I'm always excited to hear about your organic garden towers and hope that people out there are listening and getting inspired. And if you have some ideas too, other things that you're doing in that vein and you want to share it on the show, feel free to give us a call. 415-550-0511. We need you. Yeah, we need you. Thanks, Max. All right, so uh, you're listening to the Common Thread Collective. We're casting that wide net, finding the common thread, and don't panic. Just keep it organic, as Diamond Dave says. Um, so I'm going to play a little more music here, and then uh, we're going to have more participation from our friends who have come down to the station today. Again, we're at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street in San Francisco, with Mission District, and uh, you're welcome to join us any any given Friday. Here we go. Por mi amor, tuve que
1: darle un miedo. Encontré la solución, un sendero hacia el amor entre los tiempos. Y ahora suena una canción y en su ritmo está mi voz atrapada en deseo Como dos islas en un volcán disfrutamos del momento Cierra los ojos, vuela hacia mí Resolvamos el misterio Tengas miedo, no, solo sé tú. Te confieso un secreto: que hay un lugar cerca del mar donde mi amor siempre es eterno en el tiempo. para parado el reloj Pero sé que el amor Amenaza con vientos Sin tener una razón Siempre estuve en mi rincón Abocado al remedio Comprendí la situación Me parece que tú Yo somos parte de un sueño. Y aunque no ha salido el sol, estoy viendo en tu color la mitad de mi juego. Somos dos islas en un volcán, disfrutando del momento. Cierra los ojos, vuela hacia mí, resolvamos el misterio. No tengas miedo, no, solo sé tú. Te confieso un secreto, que hay un lugar cerca del mar De mi amor siempre es eterno En el tiempo En el tiempo En el tiempo
0: Welcome back to the Common Thread Collective. Again, more music from our friend Santi Anjou. Um, thanks for giving us that C- CD, Santi. Um, We're back on the Common Thread Collective, and I'm sitting here with Kyle from the band Taller Younger Brother.
7: Yep, that's the one.
0: That's the one. Yeah, maybe get a little little bit closer. closer. There we go. Perfect. Um, And you were in here... When did you come in here? It was a couple months back.
7: Yeah, a couple months ago.
0: And you, you, you were performing solo at the time is it a solo is it a solo act
7: it's a full band now
0: it's a full band now yeah. okay because yeah. you would come in with another musician friend mm-hmm. and uh I, there's a lot that happens here That's so true. i couldn't yeah. quite remember looking out there trying to imagine i remember you playing and singing i just didn't remember if you were playing with somebody else
7: yeah no, i it was it was just me doing some solo acoustic stuff but now we've got a full band and we're uh bringing some more color to the tracks.
0: Nice, yeah. nice, um, and I think last time you were in here, you were uh, about to play a show. That was it. Rob Jackson was yeah. putting together. Yeah. Where does that happen? That was like music. S-
7: that was at Music City SF, and now Rob is putting together some shows at the Stork Club in Oakland. Oh, cool. Yeah, so he's actually got one coming up February fourth.
0: Nice. Yeah. And then, do you have shows coming up too?
7: Yeah, we're doing. We're releasing our EP, uh, "Party at the End of the World," next week.
0: That's Um, a great title.
7: And, uh, yeah, it's at the Laughing Monk Brewery um, over in Bayview. And our friends C-Night are playing with us. And it's going to be a good time. We have a $5 suggested donation going to uh, the SF Marin Food Bank.
0: Nice. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, we've got a couple tracks here from, is it from your new EP? Yes. Party at the End of the World? Yep. By Taller Younger Brother. Yeah. All right, so we've got two tracks. We, could, we have time to play both. Which, which one should we play first, and if you want to introduce it?
7: Um, we'll play I Know first. Um, this is kind of the single. It's a little bit more upbeat, and it's, uh, it's a song just kind of about dealing with growing up and growing old and relationships and figuring yourself out. So I guess pretty much every song. It's very close to every other song out there. <laughs>
0: It's slowly, slowly coming up. Here we go.
8: She called me late one Friday night. Said she was finally happy, but she knew that she had to go.
0: That song, Kyle. Thank you. I can relate to that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All <laughs> um, my friends are having kids. I'm just kind of like, yeah, maybe I'll show up to their to your birthday party. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
7: Well, I mean, you don't really need to be around until they're like two or three, right? That's when they start remembering who the who the cool aunts and uncles are.
0: I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. It depends. Whatever stage of uh, baby stocking you're into, I don't know. <laughs> As a phrase I heard, it was. It's not. It's, it's not a practice I endorse, um, but it's. A, it's an interesting phenomenon. Like I remember, it was a few years ago, where like, all of a sudden, everybody I knew was getting married. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you, what, what, what? It's like every other like month, somebody's like, oh, I'm getting married. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm. I'm working part-time, you know, or something (laughs) like, you know, you just like kind of find yourself in different stages of life and you see people around you who are your peers kind of accelerating in different directions. It's it's, a little disconcerting sometimes
7: moving in those, you know, what some society might say are the normal traditions and trends of what to do as you grow older and kind of wondering, what that says, you know, about yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then you realize like, no, actually it's fine. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really, it doesn't need to affect me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I always have, I have, I'm, I'm, blessed to have nieces and nephews. Um, and you know, a lot of my friends have little kids now and stuff and uh, it's always great to spend time with them. But I always have this kind of 24 hour realization, like 24 hours after I see them and I've had fun, you know, I'm like, wow, they're still there. Like they're still like being 20 f- responsible for 24 hours a day for right. these, for these young, beautiful, precious humans. And yeah. I'm like, wow, more power to you, man. Absolutely. Um, so cool. So let's, let's, uh, There we go. Let's play the other track. uh, Give a little intro. Um,
7: This song is called Again, and it's also on Party at the End of the World. And it's, um, you know, once again, just kind of a reflection of uh, dealing with mostly relationships and um, the paths that you think you're on and the people that you transition through, the different phases of your life.
0: Well, this worked last time. Let's see. Not sure why it's not doing exactly what we want it to do. Let's try again. Hmm. Find the file. Yeah, find the file. No, I don't want that file. Here we go. Aha. Uh Aha, there we go, let's go back to the beginning, here we go. So some music from the band, taller younger brother. Yeah. So um, tell us again. Tell me again, so I can write this down because uh, um, I didn't bring, bring my laptop today. So I'm kind of uh, doing it old school. When and where is the is your show?
7: Um, so the show is Friday the thirteenth. Perfect. Um, next Friday out at Laughing Monk Brewing Company in Bayview.
0: Oh, cool. And, well, there's
7: a suggested donation. All the do- all the proceeds from the door will go to uh, SF Marin Food Bank. And uh, doors are at seven. Show's gonna get started around seven thirty with our friend C Night, and we'll be playing music and enjoying each other's company for a couple hours.
0: Very very cool. So how many folks do you have in the band now?
7: Um, there's four of us total, two guitars and two and a bass and a drum. And that was all recorded mostly. That was in our home studio with a couple of us doing the, the instrumentation and drums, so.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, certainly um, certainly happy to support you guys in your, in your musical endeavors, and I'm glad you came in and came came through today to the show. You're welcome anytime. Oh, well, thanks. Thank and you. Uh, you can always, you know, let us know about any future shows or stuff, or we have our Facebook page, too, the Common Thread Collective. If you've got a show and you want to, like, post it on there, like share it, feel free. Awesome. Um, yeah. And I'm glad you came through and next time you come through, we're going to have another live performance, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cause that, you, I remember you you had a pretty rocking live performance here. Um, everybody got, you, you really energized everybody that was, that was hanging out. So
7: definitely we'll, we'll bring some new, new songs down.
0: Cool. Cool. Right on, Kyle. Thanks so much for coming through. Thanks, Val. So, yeah, going out to that show of Taller Younger Brother. But you guys, um, before you go, you have, I'm sure, some online presence where uh, people can find your music other than coming to see your show at the Laughing Monk on the 13th.
7: Yeah, you can find us at talleryoungerbrother.com or uh, on Instagram at brother and facebook.com slash brother, And we keep keep those avenues pretty pretty uh alive when we have something going on
0: right on well i do like the name of the show of the band too because <laughs> my youngest brother is taller than the other ones which is kind of like it's kind of like you know <laughs> sweet sweet revenge uh if revenge actually is sweet which eh, it's arguable but uh, <laughs> right on kyle i'm glad to see you rock on and i'm glad that your show is gonna try to raise some money for the sf Marin food bank that's really nice yeah. Taking care of people and playing music. What more can we ask for? Uh, you're listening to the Common Thread Collective. I'm Global Val. And uh, we're going to be back in just a couple minutes with Richard Sanderow, who's going to come in and share some of his uh, insights and prose and poetry. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to play some music from uh, Stephanie Keys from her album called The Open Road. And this song is called City Life. i That was some music from Stephanie Keys. She is a rockin' woman. Um, This is off her own album called Open Road, but um, she is also, well, she's sung with a lot of different bands, but I saw her probably about three, maybe about three years ago or so, um, singing with Big Brother and The Holding Company, uh, of course taking the, the role, the lead female singer role of what was Janis Joplin, um, she doesn't. She does a pretty amazing job uh, with Big Brother. Um, but what I love about um this album that I have of hers is that she sent it to Mutiny Radio, and it sh- and the and the mail deliver- carrier uh, showed up and gave us our mail while we were having our show. And Diamond Dave walked in with this package. He's like, "Oh, this just came in the mail." And I opened it up. And I'm like, "Oh, it's a CD. It's Stephanie Keys. Let's play it." So, um, you too, if you're an artist out there, uh, you want to send us your music, send us a copy of your CD. Um, there's a good chance that. We'll play it for you. Um the address here Mutiny Radio, M U T I N Y Radio. Um we're here at 2781 21st Street, San Francisco, California 94110. And uh feel free and look us up mutinyradio.fm. And I am here with our friend uh Richard Sandral. Who is this guy? It's
9: that guy's name again.
0: Who is this man? What
9: is he doing here in the studio? <laughs> how, how did he get thing? here? He's got that box with that glowing light. What is this? Monsters on Maple Street. <laughs> That's my favorite Twilight Zone piece. Ever, anybody ever remember that?
0: Monsters I, on I, Maple I just, Street, I, the Twilight I, Zone. I
9: sort of channel flipped and I got to see it again. It's uh, The Monsters are, out on, are coming out on Maple Street, I think it's called. <laughs> and, and when I saw it as a kid, I was able to memorize that whole thing, just viewing it once, and the next day I got up in class and recited that whole thing. And it's really only about these space invaders coming in and turning off some of our appliances, and then what happens when they turn them back on? Except maybe one person at a time, that all of a sudden their car starts, and nobody else's does, <laughs> and it raises raises all this paranoia on Maple Street. And, well, how come your car started, George? None of ours does. And uh, and in the beginning, one of the guys goes over to the next street to see if there's anything going on there, because everything's shut down. You know, so uh, and so this kid says Why you? and they wanted to go downtown and see what was the oh no you can't this kid says because you know they wouldn't want you to do that they don't want you to do that well who are you talking about well it's like that in all the science fiction movies so there's all this crap and uh, well to cut this short of what happens is uh, they all lose their minds they all start tearing each other apart and and, uh, and it pulls back and it's these uh, two space aliens and they say and so that's all there is to it? Yeah, you just, uh, you know, turn off some of their stuff and, and you know, let, then let's see what happens. And it usually turns into this. So, yeah, it works pretty much.
0: Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Insightful in these times. Back
9: in the 1960s, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Rod Serling. Rod Serling.
4: Mm hmm.
9: He was able to sneak some stuff in there. Uh, this is called uh, Spirit and Profane Land. There is rhythm alive giving resolution, or not. There is a melody that fits the rhythm alive giving metamorphosis. There is harmonic harmonies, discordances, serving rhythms, melodies, mood. Play your ouds, horns, harmonicas, strings of any kind that, that'll make rhythm, melodies, discordance. To get music, music must be made. Not for the money first, but for the love, joy, release. If money comes, all the better. Beware of those bringing gifts. This is spirit profaned land, the profane spirit. Serve your chosen brothers, sisters. Crawling kingsnake chose you, coyote. You are brothers in most of all things. Crawling snake chose you because you play the blues with rhythm, thrown in, thrown in in music of funk, from the only two-legged inducted into the Strutter's Hall of Fame, James Brown, giving even more dynamics. Coyote chose the king because harmonica play, because of the harmonica playing, sense of rhythm, playing Shaker's gravelly voice, such gravitas from a lean, skinny body. This, the beginning of the their brotherhood, made of harmonies, discourses, rhythms, melodies. It is blues for the spirit land, and profane
0: mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of like going back and forth like through the veil there on that one, Richard.
5: In, Japan, in Japanese,
9: that means nothingness. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's well. Mood.
0: Mood. Yeah. M- well. <laughs> is that why it's a moot point?
9: M- mm. oh, that's M-U. No,
7: it's
0: i I'm just trying oh, to be punny. Uh,
9: you know, I have another one, and I don't know where the hell it is, so I'm just going to be have a little fun. Screw it. Uh, dance cadance. Uh, dance is a style of uh, music from the Caribbean, but I liked. I like the way it sounds. It's cadence, but cadence I like better. Okay. Dance cadence. Rhythm, a rhythm, a rhythm dance, perchance cadence. Like water, we flow always in motion, mixing our magic elixirs. Dance makes our intentions known as romance's love, sealed with more than just a kiss. Beat, 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 as hearts do. Beat, 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 beat as the conga dries our dance cadence. Look into each other's eyes as irises open wide to take all of each other's and places only we know. Dance, ca dance. Yeah.
6: And I, I like
0: how you can read poetry about music. That's kind of ultimate for radio. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people think radio. They're like, oh, music, you know. But we're obviously a lot more conversation, but with music and poetry. Well,
9: I think poetry is music, uh, you know. And then when you add actual music behind it, it really becomes something else.
0: That's true. That's why Bloodflower yeah. is so so awesome because oh, he plays come music. On now. And we, we get to read poetry with the music behind, and it just it really adds a lot of like richness to what's I'm going sort of on.
9: Sub-awesome. Well, it sort of takes Sub- it into a different thing. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like some of the stuff I write, but then when I hear uh, if the music is right or the person behind me knows how to space it, and, and I know how to space it with them, the, mm-hmm. it just becomes a whole another package. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I don't think we're doing that enough.
5: It either works or it doesn't.
9: Well, I mean, you know what, I'm, you know what I mean? It, 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 it's a side of, of, of the art that isn't, uh, I don't think it's exploited enough. I mean, people will always remember, you know, the beat poets and they had that and stuff. But yeah, but well, that's still alive and, you know, not all of us write as beat poets, but poetry or even prose sounds wonderful behind music, you know, and it's, uh, it has its own genre and I sometimes think we miss out on that.
5: I did a performance on um, a jazz program long time ago at a, um, WBRU, which is a Brown University radio station, you know, for the campus and for the city and, you know, New England. Um, and what happened was you read the poetry into the mic like this, and the person takes a, uh, <coughs> the turntables and would mix. I had, like, Tibetan monks and different things, you know, mix in and out, read the poetry. Oh, cool. So what happened was um, the person that invited me to do it was suspended for two weeks because they said it was neither jazz nor poetry. (laughs) Oh, no. So they suspended the person that invited me to come and read the poetry with the music, right? And when I went to the person and said, gee, I'm really sorry that happened, he said, no, I wanted to get let go for two weeks. That's why I did something different. But now, 20 or more years later, people do that all the time now, and it's very acceptable. Huh. When I started doing things like that, people were like, oh, I don't know. But now, people read to tracks all the time and mix different things in and out. So it's, it's come a long way. Um, when I was a kid, the, the concept of a beatnik and music playing together was a bit of a joke it wasn't taken seriously yeah you know now i think with the technology and people's acceptance of music and poetry together it's more um, acceptable which makes it not as appealing to me maybe
0: <laughs> i <laughs> know you like to be out on the edge there bloodflower uh,
5: you see i don't know what you hear but unless it's coming from my mouth don't believe it especially if it's about me. But what I'm saying is, like I'm saying, it's become so acceptable now, it's almost not a dangerous thing anymore.
4: Hmm. Mm, Which is um, kind
5: of sad, because... You it know, depends what, on what's
9: coming out of the mouth.
5: Well, you know, depends what you're willing to listen to.
9: Well, that too, but still. Yeah.
5: But I do... I am glad that people are, are experimenting in it, you know, working
9: at it. Yeah, we got... You know, something has to happen. People just seem to have lost... I mean we, we're, we talk about it because it's our lives uh, but I always uh, the times that I've been the most happiest when I've read have been at, at the library because the people who sat down weren't po- poets
4: mm-hmm.
9: right. they were people who came well I want to hear what you got to say Right, right. that's, that's right. the joy of, of writing and doing right. it is to know that those people are out there listening Right. And I, I, I'm hey, I, I wouldn't sell my soul, but I, I'm looking for a lot of different ways, and I want to bring th- people more together yeah. through that. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm throwing out ideas of, of, of. Possible things that could take place uh, in, in light of what's been going on with the Standing Rock and with veterans and with the with the artist community and you know like I said back in back in the day which I'm sick of saying myself but there were solidarity groups there were there were things like that uh, poet poet uh, artist uh, coalitions uh, um, with the movement um, and. Um, you know, we have things that we haven't addressed in this country uh, since the get-go when we got here, and now uh, this is the seventh generation. The seventh generation is the one who's in power, and it's us who have to surround that seventh generation and make sure that they can get through this because the job is tremendous, of what we have to face. Yeah, and, and this is no, this is no right. joke, and so, um, so we are in that kind of time. And uh, so, it, it, it's a time to start reaching out to each other and letting people know that these things are happening. I do that, and sometimes I get some responses that would surprise you. It, like I say, people say, "Well, what can we do?" I said, talk, talking to people." Yeah, yeah. Talk to talk. You know, you got to size people up. I know. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who start attacking you, but you know, I can pretty much sometimes judge, sometimes not. But, you know, I'm still walking the streets, and I haven't been attacked yet. Um, oh, you, you haven't lived. Well, I mean, you know, doing what do, I've been attacked <laughs> other ways, but not, not do, doing this what I'm doing. Because uh, it's and, coming from
0: a place of love, Richard. That's why. Well,
9: yeah, so, it's, uh, so people, uh, you know, it's like what happened today, I think I told you. And it's happened to me before. And we don't talk about it enough, I don't think, when it happens. Uh, there was these two young uh, black girls walk by me, I'd say fifteen, sixteen years old. And you know um, I, they were all happy and I was kind of that, that was just good to see, just really good to see. I mean, they're just having their fun and, you know. and as I'm walking along all of a sudden I hear oh, you know, hello and And they're coming back because you know I walk slow and they're going back where they were going. And I said hello and I said, oh, hello. And they were smiling. I said, oh, do I know you? And I, she said, oh, no. And I said, that's great. I said, that's great. You know, we're <laughs> like that. You know, it's like, and, and I've had that happen b- before. Uh, a young black uh, kid, about 15, I was talking about something. He says, well, you've got to work with what you got. Well, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then when he got on the bus, he, he looked at me and he went, you know, it was like that connection was made. You know, and
0: uh, it's a th- it's a thumbs up. And that, doing, that yeah. just
9: always you know, it'll it'll make my day because you know it's that connection, that connection that doesn't always get made. That connection where if I talk to an old, uh, elder uh, Chinese woman and I talk to her as if she's my actual equal, that they're sometimes shocked. That first of all, why is this white man talking to me? You're <laughs> discussing
5: serendipity.
9: That's serendipity. Well, I don't know what thing. it is. serendipity yeah. serendipity's me. good. So, so uh,
0: yes, a, a pleasant surprise yeah, of serendipity. So, uh,
9: well, yeah. So I, that, that's my point, and 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 in, in some ways, uh, like I say, we never know if we make any effect. I always wonder, but you know, maybe you do.
5: I had an interesting experience the other day coming back from my lawyer. I was walking down Leavenworth, and I turned, and I'm walking down Market, and I'm going towards Seventh Street, and there was some gentlemen. And they were um, African-American and they had their parkas on and their hoodies on and everything. And they were just having, you know, it was a beautiful sunny day and they were having a good time. And I walked by and one of them said, would you like to buy some trees, Bin Laden? (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't really know how to respond.
4: (laughs) Because first of
5: all, I'm not quite sure what trees are. And second of all, I'm an American, so it was interesting the way I, I started thinking about how other people from other neighborhoods and other walks of life and they how they perceive you, mm-hmm. you know, how you were perceived. You know, I think that I think that trees are marijuana. I'm pretty sure, but I'm not. Don't quote me on that. But that was uh, that was my um, yeah exchange. Not, well, I, mean, I don't know uh, why people try to sell people pot here when it's pretty much everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> know you can get it pretty easily. Well,
4: you know.
9: <laughs> well anyway, so uh, yeah, so I just believe that there are things we can do, you know. And if we can find each other and saying, "Hey, are you tired of this shit too?" Yeah, I am. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, well, what what is it we can do? Or you know, maybe you won't get to that place, but hey, maybe some are. Some did at uh, Standing Rock. Mm-hmm. Something happened. Something switched on.
0: Absolutely.
9: And, uh, and it was always there. Uh, th- that seventh generation was surrounded by a lot of stuff. And, and, and if, if, if the elders did their job, they, were, they taught the seventh generation. And that's why the seventh generation is still here doing what they're doing, I think. And, and they're teaching us and <laughs> we're teaching them. So, whatever you can do. However, you can help build. If you're a vet, how can you help native people? It has to go beyond an apology. Uh, And the vets may have more power than the government ever did in the uh, the issues of at least making the acknowledgement. But that again is only the baby step. What are you gonna do for the Lakota people who have no housing? Who probably have better housing now? <laughs> probably, unless the unless the gambling has helped. But I I do know there's reservations out there that you know when winter comes, it's a life and death struggle. Mm. And and uh, with the yurts and stuff that a lot of people have uh, donated or that they have there is probably some of the warmer housing they've had.
5: Even uh, when there was over the air television, they didn't have over the air television.
9: Yeah. You know, well. so
5: they had very little um, access to information and news, you know.
9: Well, the, the things are a little bit different now with the uh, with the technology we have, and so they do get more. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, there, there's still a big struggle in inequality. Uh, in and uh, so just saying I'm sorry is, um, it made me weep, but at the same time as a vet, I know that, hey, that, that, that's just, uh, you know, okay, it's like a... You know, throw that, throw that grain of sand in the ocean and start filling it up. Because there's a lot of work to do. And it can't be used as somebody's photo op. <laughs> I am so tired of seeing leaders that I think, well, hey, you might be somebody. You've got something going on. And then, of course, leaders always have fees of clay like our, everybody else. But if you're going to use what you do as photo ops, I, I have no words. Uh, short of murder, uh, that is one of the most horrendous things I think you can do. It's opportunistic. Yeah. Don't don't abuse other people. Mm. Um,
5: when, whenever I meet someone that's, I obviously think has more intelligence than I do, or has something on the ball, which is usually most people. I ask them. I, I ask them, I say, in an ever cruel and dehumanizing world that we face, what do you do? How do you cope with it? And most of them say, don't add to it. Mm. Okay? Like, don't add to the problem. And if, if anything you can do, try to alleviate the problem. You know. no.
0: Yeah. And that's good to remember because I think a lot of people see... <laughs> the problems of the world and feel really overwhelmed and say well what can i do right like you were saying richard well what can we do but just little things right i mean like those kids saying hi to you made your day right and so here you are talking about it talking about how little things you can do can make somebody's day and you know even though in some, you know, some people say, well, that's just, you know, something kind of trivial and it doesn't really have like a major impact, but it does because it changes, it, it, it adds to uh, the human experience, it adds the positivity to um, our consciousness of what's possible and, you know no one's saying you're, you know, you're going to go out and totally save the world. You know, not everybody is a a gorilla, um, you know, occupy garden ninja. Like we have some friends who are like, I'm thinking like Ryan rising. He's amazing, you know? And, and so when I look at people like him, I'm like, wow, you're just like really like revolutionary, but you don't have to be like totally revolutionary like that you know you it's just little things and it's the way that you conduct yourself and the way that you interact with everyone and like you said not um contributing to the negative, but anything that is, you know, even, even it's kind of like, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Right. Just even, even not saying something or not reacting in a way that you maybe initially want to, or feel, uh, you know, compelled to do is, is, is a choice and it's an action and, and something comes from that. You know, you can, you can build bridges or you could burn bridges. Mm. So it's, um, you know, Maybe it's a little garden path, or maybe well, it's could, a giant bridge. Who knows? You could become a bridge yourself. Oh. You can say, here, I'm going to take you from that
5: over here. I'm going to, you know, I'll be the bridge. Yeah.
9: You know. Uh,
0: be the bridge. I like that.
9: I found that other piece. All right. All oh, right, Richard.
0: See, we just needed to, the bridge well, was a little was bit longer. Long and
9: I was looking at, you know, the brain doesn't work. For those who don't know, I'm old. <laughs> um, You're, not sh- old, red shed.
5: You're not old,
9: well, the You're not old Something's not working Show us, tell us Show us, tell us where equal opportunity ever existed in USA Names, dates, places, please When is equal justice uh, ex- exercised? Names, dates, places, please Show us, tell us If all communities feel safe in USA Places. Times. Dates, please. When is it safe to go out and not be murdered, tar- raped in Usa's streets or highways? Places. Dates. Times, please. Show us, tell us, why the demonics get fed. Hatred and all its relatives are no longer in the dark, but in the light. Tell me, when, isn't, when wasn't it in the hearts of some humans? Places. Dates times, please. Show us, tell us, that you aren't all going to lay over. The wind makes trees dance, but the dance works because the trees resist. Makes them stronger. Sometimes trees get hurt. Wind becomes raptured in its spin. Tighter, 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 faster, faster, faster. Will you resist? Places, dates, times, please. Show us, tell us, when prescriptions, hard drugs, will stop taking our brothers and sisters to their graves. Names, places, dates, please. When is our food, water, not been under attack by the two-legged? Places, dates, times, please. Show us, tell us, when you learn it's not just about you, but about us. Please, give us places, dates, times,
0: anon. Whoa! <clears throat> nice, Richard. I think that's a a a nice complimentary piece to these uh to these times. Captures the zeitgeist. Oh, captures the zeitgeist. Nice. Well.
9: They can say he was a man of his time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, Richard. Richard Sanderell, thank you for all that you do and say and share. And the connections that you that well, you let's make.
9: I think Diamond Dave's gonna be all right.
0: Yeah, he'll be fine. He just needed you know, he needed to go in and, and deal get, with it. get a prescription and you know, keep moving forward. Your
5: health is your only
0: wealth. Yeah, and may this be a healthy year for everybody and, and peaceful, a peaceful, healthy year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
9: you, uh, oh, uh, I guess I hear on January 11th as to whether uh, whether D. Allen and I are uh, going to be paired in the generations.
0: Oh, nice, D. Allen. He actually emailed me not that long ago. Oh, we did. Yeah, well, because I sent him a message about the Anti-Inaugural Poets Ball we're having here on oh, oh, on the 21st, yeah. just to let him know and kind of try to say, like, hey, why don't, why don't you come and be a part of it? Um, but he recently was published. Oh, where was it? Um, I don't think I have the right... I'm not looking at the right place right now. But I'll, I'll get the information. But he just had a few things published. D. Allen is... is an amazing oh, yeah. performance oh, oh, poet, D- radical thinker.
9: Well, I think it was about eight years ago. Uh, I was at a, a Leonard Peltier rally, and here's this voice, because, you know, dee has got that a, a distinct voice. It is distinct. And he uh, would say, Leonard Peltier should be free. And I uh, t- turned around, and it was D. Allen. And uh, and we started talking, and during the conversation, I, re- I recited Waiting, and when I was done, he said, why aren't you out here? Why aren't you, why aren't you reading? You get, you know, Bob. You know. So he was actually the first person outside my group who really, really gave me that. Oh, he's the one. Yeah, he, he, he's the reason. So. Uh, nice. So, uh, yeah, uh, D. Allen has a soft spot in my heart. And um, yeah, so, and also I guess on the 13th, is it? Uh, is it a friday a monday the 13th february
0: friday the 13th
9: uh i'll be reading at folio books uh as a co-feature i think or i don't know where's that uh it's right across from my place i boycott uh whole foods on noe oh okay on upper noe okay
0: it's right Noe Valley. Twenty-fourth street folio books folio books on 24th street yeah up the upper. up the hill
9: yeah when yeah
0: Cool. Do people in um, Noe
5: Valley, do they still sunbathe you know, all together on their front lawns anymore? they still do that?
9: Uh, Dolores Park?
5: No, they oh. could, there's a part of Noe Valley. Where oh, no, I'm, no back... I'm
9: sure it's not. All those kind of people have moved out and the rich have moved in. Uh, Noe Valley, if you go up there. The rich not... don't nude sunbathe? Uh, well, no. they may, but they. I don't think they... You have to pay to see them.
5: <laughs> I'm not it's not a question of wanting to look no, at them I'm no, just wondering I'm just, if they still do I'm, I'm, it I'm being facetious because oh. when I no, when I, I lived I'm, here early earlier there was a big uh, when was that though oh we pre pre-9-11 you know
9: oh yeah the whole the whole 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 24th street up has changed oh I'm. You won't, ve- you won't recognize
5: it I'm very reclusive so well, the city good. the it's city changed no while I wasn't looking except
9: for so. folio books yeah. really and a couple of restaurants and, and
0: yeah, and like Ber- Bernie's Bernie's coffee shops up there, local yeah, girls' coffee shop. Yeah, she's still, she's yeah. a native, yeah. G- San you will, Franciscan. You will, she's got,
9: you will be saddened by what what? There's nothing
5: that can sadden me any more than I already am. A, no, well. Don't, don't threaten me with
9: that. Ooh. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm already. Nice to know that I, Nice to know that I have the ability to have, be threatening. <laughs>
0: I'm already plenty sad. Don't I, I don't know. I don't know, Richard. Uh, do. I look pretty. N- n- no. <laughs> <laughs>
9: wow, that's not you supposed to say. Yeah, you scare me to death. That's when I look out on the street. Oh, you're messing
0: with trouble. If you Look at my way. Or well, you don't want to do that. I, I think people do don't do? mess with you because you look like a nice guy. Uh, oh. <laughs> and they're like, we're gonna, gonna leave cop. him alone. Uh, he's know, a cool a dude. People
9: said, uh, I know you, you know, because there was a marijuana club down from my house, and they'd something. Oh, I know you're a cop. Oh God, I just <laughs> looked around a corner. They Give think a you're break. a cop. <laughs> That's
0: just being paranoid. They're smoking the wrong weed. Um, so we've got just a, a few more minutes here, but I see. Is there anything else going on that we're, we're going to uh, share? Yeah, Roman, you got something to show, jump in with, and then. Sure. If you get some? I don't know Do what. You go, no, no, you're just holding that no, book. I'm just yeah. okay. Oh, okay. Just okay. A, okay.
10: No okay. An informative website for people to check out is refusefascism.org. Yeah. And there's a lot of organizational meetings, events, and actions that are happening around the country. So again, if you go to refusefascism.org, org, uh, there's a whole list. Uh, there's also, there's press coverage, there's articles, a lot of good information that you can share and ways to connect with people and just to get organized. People are calling for, to prevent Trump and Pence from taking
0: power. So right. people can please uh, check that out. We
9: call him Rump the Demagogue.
4: Hmm.
0: Somebody, uh, there was an article, uh, <laughs> there's an article that was uh, calling him um, Trumple Thin Skin.
9: Right, thin skin, I like that. Ooh, that works on right. different levels. Huh? Right,
0: because trollish, you, nobody really wants to say his name, you know, but he's got this thin skin, like he's easily offended and, and reacts.
5: And he, and he slept for a hundred years, so he don't really know what's going on. He's been, he's been sleeping, to Rumpelstiltskin, right? He, didn't he sleep for like... 100 years and yeah, he woke up and he years. didn't know what the devil was going on. He was very confused.
0: Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, and he's trying to get people to spin a straw to gold for him. Come yeah. on, we can do that. Mm. Build me a wall.
9: Will you be one throwing pearls before swine? The
0: wall is
5: going to be paid for eventually by Mexico. That's what he said. <laughs> that, that we're going to pay for it, right? Oh. We're going the, the taxpayers are going to pay for it, but eventually we're gonna shake the Mexicans down, and they're gonna pay us back with interest, right?
0: Oh, that's an interesting. That's, that's, that's an interesting. That's what, uh, that's what I've been
5: hearing from you know the media, you know. So uh,
0: aye aye. Um, See, the, it's kind of things like that where you're like, you know, what is this guy even gonna be able to do anything? So I, I take a little bit of solace in in yeah. in. In that I promises guess promises are meant to be broken that's right thanks Roman for the info about refusefascism.org if you don't know how to spell fascism it's f-a-s-c-i-s-m <laughs> refusefascism.org um well thanks everybody for being part of the show today this is our first show of the new year 2017 Holy moly, um I always like the number seventeen, so i' I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it i I was uh able to get a little grounding done over the holidays uh, got off the grid a little bit, and uh I recommend that if if you get any chance to take a little break, take a few steps back, get into a natural space, um clear your head a little bit, and uh you know. We need, uh, we need all the vitality we can get. So again, let's have a healthy, peaceful, uh, community-oriented 2017 as we keep on moving forward and looking for creative solutions to life's great problems and cur- curiosities. So thanks, everybody, uh, for listening to the Common Thread Collective today and also for listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val. Diamond Dave will be here with us next week, Um, and uh, hopefully so will you. Again, you can join us in studio, 2781 21st Street in our funky art gallery space, Uh, or you could um, call in if you want, 415-550-0511. And... You can follow what we do on Facebook, the Mutiny Radio page, but of course the Common Thread Collective page, and also Women's Magazine with Global Val. Thank you so much um, for really being being in our community. Um, our listeners, as well as our participants, uh, really make this endeavor um, something that carries forward and not just... Us talking in a room, even though sometimes I feel like I'm just talking in a room. At least it's a pretty funky room here at Mutiny Radio. And uh, I want to thank the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who downloaded our show in 2016. You're amazing. I don't know who you are, I know some of you, but you're loved and appreciated, and I'm glad that we can produce content that you find at least at some level mildly entertaining, uh, and hopefully insightful, and um, revolutionary, and inspirational, and all those good things. Because we're we're revving it up here, uh, revving up our uh, revolutionary agility, and uh, we can tip the scales of consciousness. We can fill that glass so it's half full, and then even till it's bubbling over. Uh, Um, Because uh, goodness has to win once in a while. And why not now? Peace, y'all. Love you. And we'll be back next week. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Keep up the good work.
11: His so slipped away Someone got away With murder on that day Just cause Amos was a drunk Town folk let justice slip away
10: <laughs> it's a cash cow honey. <laughs>
13: Punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on MutinyRadio.fm. Freeform Radio for free minds.
12: Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your now,
4: don't go back to sleep.